Hey, everybody. Welcome to Conversation Piece with me, Patrick Armstrong. I am your host, and this is a show where we talk to, where we, where I talk to my friends and other interesting people about whatever it is that they have on their minds right now. A lot of times it has to do with adoption, but, you know, I like to talk about everything. So you might hear a lot of different topics covered on this show. Um, If you're tuning in for the first time, this is episode three. Thank you for joining us. You're listening to this on December 1st. And we have just closed out National Adoptee Awareness Month in November. Been a long month. Lots of stuff happening in my personal life. Lots of stuff happening in the world. Everything's fine, I think. So that leads me to why I'm very excited about having this particular guest on the show. If you see the title of the episode, then you already know who it is. But she has been one of my really best friends in the community since I started this journey. She is obviously, or maybe not obviously, but she is a fellow Korean adoptee. She does all kinds of fun work. And I was going to say something else, but I'm going to say that she does a lot of really great community facilitating and is just an overall incredible person. Um, I'd like to welcome Katie Gagel to the show. Katie, how are you doing today? I'm great. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I hope I hope that I'm one of those interesting people that um, you mentioned in your intro. You are definitely in the friend part. <laughs> <laughs> also very interesting. Also very interesting. Obviously, wow. that's a joke. Obviously, that's a joke. But if new listeners, just- if listeners are new, they might not know that we have a pre-existing friendship where we make jokes like that. We an illness? An illness? What? Pre-existing. I just never hear that unless it's an illness. Well, I'm reclaiming it for friendship. Wow. Okay. <laughs> All right. All right. Oh, I'm here. Katie, I'm so excited to have you on the show. Oh, if only because it gives me another chance to have just an hour-long conversation <laughs> with you um, about whatever it is. But particularly coming off of what can be a really heavy month. And we'll we will dig into that. I just can't talk right now. It's okay. It's been a, it's been a whole thing. It's been yeah. a whole thing. Um, and I don't know. I guess my first question is just, how are you doing right now? You said you're doing good, but like, really, how are you doing? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I am. I think I'm feeling pretty good right now. I started out numb really strong (laughs) like I came in real hot I was like oh yeah I'm gonna dominate this and then literally maybe five days in I was like "Mm, (laughs) I've had enough of this (laughs) yeah I I, um okay so before nom I think maybe a few days before I was I I texted you I was like is anyone doing a word a word thing (laughs) yeah a word a day and I didn't see anything so I'm like well I'm gonna make one because I feel like people might want one and and for me like I I really like and enjoy having writing prompts Mm -hmm. and so I decided to do an emotion one which you know I 
honestly, I whipped it together in five minutes and I accidentally did not look at the list in order after or like before I posted it. So like there's probably 10 days in a row where it's just all negative emotions, (laughs) like super heavy negative emotions. And I'm like, wow, like I probably could have planned that better. Um, But I did do probably, probably like five days. And, and then I thought, Oh, this is kind of heavy. So I decided to take, you know, a couple breaks. And then it ended up being like basically the the rest of the month. (laughs) Just one long break. I mean, yeah, uh, totally fine. But I really loved the fact that people were, one, that there were several different uh, prompts from other people and I loved that adoptees felt comfortable you know using whatever prompt they wanted to use so I really enjoyed kind of the variety of of what people were posting and um I saw like so much labor going into Mm. these posts like not just you know sometimes sometimes when I get lazy about posting I'll just post like two sentences in the in the body you know (laughs) because I'm just like oh I already put it in the slides it's fine um but there was just so much that people shared and I was so impressed and so um excited for adoptees especially adoptees that had not I guess, publicly shared too much about their journey. So that was super cool. Um, I'm just going rampant on this question. So, um, (laughs) and and then um, I offered an adoptee speak uh, session. That's what I called it because I had no idea what else to call it. And basically I just opened up 30 minute slot spaces for adoptees to just come as they are and uh, have a conversation with me um, where I'm just listening. You know, I'm not, mm-hmm. I'm not a therapist. I'm not anything like that. I'm not a professional, right. but um, I just wanted to kind of hold space for adoptees who wanted to talk, who wanted to share, who wanted someone to listen to. And within like three hours of me posting, all the slots were were filled. And it was just amazing. I think what really blows my mind is that it shows me how much our community, like what our community needs more than anything. Like, yeah. You know, the affirmation, the the desire to be heard, you know, I mean, is there anything more powerful than that? I don't think so. I don't think there is. <laughs> you know, when someone is able to affirm who you are and how you identify and, you know, all of those experiences and which is a collection of pain and hardship and joy and all these emotions when someone's able to affirm that and 
you know, growing up, not really having that. It's so powerful. So it was exciting. (laughs) It's exciting. And you're doing good. I think the question was, how are you doing? And I like that you just laid out everything that you had going on in November. I I appreciate it. You're welcome. Um, Yeah. I mean, obviously, you know how I feel about just validation in general and being able to have your voice heard. I just uh, recorded a podcast episode uh, to earlier today of this recording. And that was one of the things that we talked about, or we talked about clubhouse specifically mm. and how we, I gave the anecdote of one of the people that was in our group who like came out of the fog essentially in real time. Mm. And we were like, and I was like, we were all texting each other. Like, Oh my God, I think this is really happening. I think they're like, <laughs> I think they're having these realizations right now. And yes. just how, and I, I was just relaying how that moment was very, pivotal for me to see how important something like that was just to have the space and the mm-hmm. fact that that person felt safe enough to go ahead and share. Mm-hmm. So before we dive even deeper for people who may not know you, can you give just a quick brief introduction? <laughs> I feel like you did a good job of Sorry. talking about what you do uh, in that first question. No, that's totally my fault. I led with how are you not who are you? So now we're going to go from how to who. So okay. can you tell people just a little bit about yourself? Sure. I am Katie. I'm a Korean adoptee. Um, oh, things I have. I really struggle with what to say. Um, I grew up in Louisville, Kentucky, and in a very white middle-class family and neighborhood and, um, really started coming to terms with my adoption in 2009 when I first went back to Korea and have been doing an ongoing birth search since 2009. And yeah, have really spent the last two years on Instagram and social media in general, sharing my story and Honestly, it was before that, it was more so how do people share their stories? I don't understand how people get opportunities to share their stories. What do they do? And so then I I realized, oh, you just make a, you just make it. You just do it. it. (laughs) And so that's exactly what I did. I just made an event and shared my story with like nine strangers. And that was the start of me starting to share my story publicly. And then I created Instagram, my Instagram account and Katie, the cad and started sharing there. So I don't even know if that answered your question. hundred percent answers it. And I was just like hearing you say your handle. I'm like, what an iconic handle, like in our community, (laughs) like what an iconic handle. And I feel very privileged to know the person behind the handle because I think that's something that, you know, is, Becoming more and more common is more and more of a share. I think when people ask for resources, we tend to give them Instagram profiles in our mm-hmm. community because it's like that's who we find when we're searching and are usually kind of one of the places that we end up. And it can be easy when we do that to lose the person. So I feel like, so I appreciate you introducing yourself in however, whatever manner that you want to do it because I know you. But I like uh, to see what else you might be sharing with people who may not know you so well. And um, I wanted to ask that first event, 
you talked about that being the kind of the kickoff, the catalyst to start sharing publicly and do just doing it for your mm-hmm. story. What was what was your feeling like going into the event? Not coming out of it, but going in mm. because I feel like that would just uh, nine strangers. When I met with KJ and Nathan for the first time, that's two strangers. And I was like, no way I'm doing this. No way we're doing a <laughs> podcast together. And now look at us over a hundred episodes. But Would you look at it? Look at that. But what was that like for you going in and mm. was your expectation changed when it, when you came out of it? I think going in, I was nervous. I had already shared my story in different mm, like different events, but they weren't, you know, they, it was not virtual. Mm-hmm. I'll just say that. I think, I think I wasn't as nervous just simply because it was my story. Like I know sure. my own story. I know how to frame it. I know what to say. Um, so I think like there was this real excitement, like, wow, people are actually, wanting to come to this and they don't even know me, you know? So I thought that was really, I think I felt really empowered Mm. going into it that you don't have to wait for opportunities. You can just put in the work and make your own opportunity. And I think that's what created the excitement was that I put in the work. I advertised it myself <laughs> what kind of advertising were you doing? Okay, so I put it all over. Like, um, so I used to go to the University of Louisville. I used to do the social work program, and anyway, that's a whole other story. Um, but I'm still in the Facebook group, so I, I put it in there. Um, I I reached out to some of uh, the residential facilities in Louisville letting them know like, Hey, can you connect me to foster parents, future foster parents? Um, you know, I just dug into some of the context that I've made here and that I've never utilized, you know? So it, you know, it felt really good. And then just posting it on Facebook and on my own social media, Facebook was really, is really like where all of my friends and real the real life, quote unquote, right. um, is so. Um, you know, I think I think that was really exciting to to be able to share that with my friends and family too. Um, but yeah, so anyway, a lot of social media. I just put it wherever I could, and then um, connected with some of the contacts that I had made. So was it was your intended audience initially other adoptees or no. was it just you cuz I heard you say foster parents or future foster parents was mm-hmm. that what who you were looking to reach Yeah I was looking to reach adoptive parents foster parents future Yeah it was not for adoptees Interesting at all I did have one adoptee come um mm-hmm. and 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 I was more nervous about that adoptee being there than the parents what was the impetus to go after or not to go after, but to share with parents as opposed to other adoptees? Firstly, I just want to acknowledge that word is very big. Impetus. Imp- oh. imp- <laughs> okay, I was like, <laughs> what word? <Duh." laughs> the, yes. 
Yes, that is the word. Um, um, I think, you know, you and I have had a lot of conversations about this, but I think that some adoptees truly want to be a part of bridging that gap between adoptees, adoptive parents, and birth mothers. And, and it's not to say that it's, um, there's nothing wrong with adoptees not wanting to engage in that. Absolutely mm-hmm. not. Yeah. Um, but for me, it's really important. I think I've engaged with a lot of amazing adoptive parents, actually. And so, honestly, I just wanted it to be a resource for them because... I hate the system. I hate how it's set up. I hate, um, you know, that there's not enough adoptee voices. I don't like a lot of the system and how it's set up. So I, I want to be able to bridge a gap. And if that's just through relationships, then that's, that's my part. What other ways are have you found that you've been able to bridge that gap, or have you felt like you've made those those bridges, or ha- that you've built those bridges already? Wait a minute, mm. let me ask that question again. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess what other ways have you found that you've been able to build bridges to those other groups? Because I, I we have mm. had that conversation a lot, and I think I've been talking about it a lot more recently about. Yes, it's great what we do as adoptees from adoptee to adoptee because you you know there's someone who was like us at the beginning who's coming out, uh, who's waking up from this great sleep and who's going to need to find inspiration or resonance in somebody's story. Mm-hmm. And so us doing that with each other is great because it provides that record. But when it comes to the system, when it comes to the institution of adoption and how we change that, how we change the narrative – we can't only speak to each other. Mm-hmm. We have to be able to go out and have these conversations and and have these tough conversations with people who have nothing to do with the adoptee experience, but either have direct or maybe even indirect influence over how these systems and institutions play out. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, how have you seen, like, outside of just sharing your story or outside of just those types of small events, has there been anything else that you've seen work? in that direction? What a question. Um, hmm. I think that, um, like for example, I think, I think what, what comes to mind first is, is it's post resource, Mm. um, on Instagram. I love what they do. They're yeah. setting, they're, they're creating these kits for families um, to be able to engage in conversation and, and processing um, for their adoptee. And I think those kinds of, it's created by two adoptees, um, but I think those things really do make a change. I think that it, it, it's part of engaging with the different um, 
stakeholders, shall we say, Mm. um, in the triad. And I think that's really important. Um, I guess I haven't really directly been a part of it. You know, I used to joke that, um, that adoptive parents didn't like me after they talked to me because I would tell them the truth (laughs) and (laughs) tell them my, my sad story. And, and I realized that I don't care. I don't care if, if parents don't like me because ultimately it comes down to like, I'm telling my truth. I'm telling what I know. It has nothing to do with you. Exactly. Yeah. And, um, and I actually have had several parents come back to me and say, look, I could not handle what you were talking to me about, but I get it now. Mm. And I really appreciate that. You know, yeah, I think that shows growth. And so like on a very individual, uh, I guess basis, maybe that's how I'm contributing. Um, but on a bigger scale, I don't know. When that first adoptive parent reached back out to you and said what what you just said, hey, that was not something I could take at that moment, but I get it now. What was that like? I thought it was insightful. Um, was it surprising? It was. Or was it like, it was? Okay. Yeah, it was surprising. I, You know, I think that... I think there are adoptive parents that really do a lot of work. They do a lot of work on the inside. I think they do a lot of learning and honestly, it just has to be a humble place to be. Mm. And I'm, and, and, you know, in no way am I like <laughs> condoning the, the ones that just are not willing to learn. But I do think there are a lot of parents out there that genuinely are wanting to learn and and I do think it takes a lot of humility in general to be a parent and at as someone that's not a parent um but in my perspective I think you have to be really humble um but yeah it was really surprising it was it was it meant a lot that she came back to me and told me and and it made me like her even more because Mm. And made me respect her even more because it means that she's growing and she's willing to admit, you know, that it wasn't, she didn't want to accept it at one time, but now she gets it because she now knows that it's relevant and important for her kids that are adopted. Sure. Is this, is this a person that's active on social media? You don't have to name them or anything. Okay. I just didn't know if you were able to like see a shift from that thinking mm. like post, like post them coming back with the apology. Yeah. I thought that would be interesting to see how that, that would shift there. Um, but speaking of social media, I guess, you know, I think it's, that's how I found you. Like I, I talked about it before the, the handle Katie, the cad <laughs> iconic in the uh, adoptee community. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and, gosh. um, you know, why I was so, what I really resonated with in your content was that it felt very adoptee centered and direct. And I'd not seen someone really talking about 
stuff the way that you were talking about, particularly if I'm like the Dear Mom series. Mm. You know, it's like something like creatively I had not seen adoption experience ex- talked about in that way mm. and in, in, in that form. And I really enjoyed it. Um, but I think I didn't I didn't know that about your first event that you had that was purely for adoptive parents or tailor or tailored or aimed at adoptive parents. Mm-hmm. And so, and now that I think about it, like a lot of your content does or is, I feel like educational on both sides. It does provide a lane for both that of the adoptee. And if an adoptive parent wants to approach, it's approachable for them. How is that? How have you found a balance in that? Is there a balance in that for you? Or is it just, Again, kind of like you were talking about, I'm just telling my truth, and that's what that is, ends up being at the end of the day. Hmm. Good question. I honestly have to say I don't consciously think about mm. making content for both groups of people. I sure. think I think it just I think people resonate with it because I mean, we all go through periods of time or something hard and we think we have to be the only people that are experiencing this Mm -hmm. until someone talks about it. And then you're like, oh, my God, yes, that's exactly (laughs) how I felt. And you feel so seen. And I think on a human level, I think people resonate with some of the experiences that I have. And then as a bonus, it really I think it resonates with parents when they're trying to understand their children and adoptees who, you know, a a lot of us have grown up without any adoptees in our life to, you know, bounce off our struggles and talk about what we've gone through and feel seen in our experiences. So I think my, my number one goal in general for this account has always been I don't want people to feel alone and which is ironic because I often feel alone, Mm. but I think that is always my goal is that's why I'm, I choose to be very vulnerable um, and tend to be an open book about a lot of things because sharing makes people feel seen. Sure. And it gives them permission to feel what they've either always felt or are feeling in the moment. And I think that's so important with our community that we're giving ourselves permission to feel and go through and experience whatever it is um, instead of holding it in. Sure. Which is generally what we you know what a lot of adoptees have gone through yeah i mean i think that's one of the overarching themes in a lot of our stories is the suppression of something most likely emotional but tied to multiple things whether it's identity or even just geographic location you know and the moment that we find validation in whatever form that looks like or feeling it for the very first time you know it is it's like a kj talked about the adoption apocalypse like the apocalypse (laughs) is when like you have that moment and you know at the end of the day if you never go any further forward into it like it's always still has changed your life like Mm. there's no going back now 
Yeah. Like that's what happens with the apocalypse. Um, it's fresh in my mind because I was just talking about that today or asked to describe it. And I had to come up on a fly with a definition <laughs> and that was the best one I could come up with. And I'm like, actually it makes sense. Um, but I think that's also a testament to, or all your, your, your sessions during NAM being filled in three hours, I think is a testament to that work that you've done. You know, you talked about the top before that first event, you know, realizing if I put the work in, like it will, will happen and it happened and it's happened. And now we've seen, or at least as a person in your audience has seen that happen time and time and time again. Um, you know, it doesn't surprise me in the least bit that hundreds and hundreds of people are clamoring to have even a modicum of your attention because you're a good listener and Firstly, you're listening to me a, talk right now. So <laughs> not, not hundreds and hundreds. Right. Okay. Fives and tens. People. <laughs> yeah. Let's down that. All right. Take millions and that. millions of people. <laughs> Of adoptees, literally all of the adoptees, <laughs> yes, yes, are clamoring to get a, a modicum of Katie the Cad's attention. Um, wow, but, <laughs> but I okay, so I wanted to now. I mentioned Clubhouse earlier, and then as we were talking, and as you were sharing about like seeing the power of storytelling and seeing how that resonates with our community specifically, and then talking about bridging gaps and all of that, I wanted to kind of go back to when our Asian adoptee club kind of got started and talk about that a little bit. Like I want to have our group on for (laughs) nobody probably even knows about this group outside of the group. That's true. Um, But we have this little, (laughs) this little, uh, this little click that formed out of those first few rooms. And I just wanted to see what you remembered about the, that time. Cause we didn't really know each other that well. Yeah. I didn't know who you were. Yeah. Oh, thanks. Um, I know who you were. I kind of handle and adopt the Instagram community. That's not true. I did know your handle. I just didn't know you. I didn't know who this dude was. Who is this? Why is he here? I remember in one room, I was like, we're BFFs, aren't we? And then you were like, yeah, yeah, we are. And I was like, well, this is meant to be. Uh, I mean, it was friendship at first sight, I felt like, as soon as we got in those rooms. But do you remember, like, the feelings that you were having at that time? Like, I think about it a lot, or I've been thinking about it a lot more lately. But I don't know. It's just I I, I haven't talked to anybody else about it in a long time, I feel like. And now that I got you here, I feel like I wanted to ask you, do you remember what was going on at that time or what you were feeling as we started to start these rooms, I guess? Yeah. So Clubhouse was just in general, like a funny time for the community. Uh, Cause obviously half of, half of the community could get on. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. Cause it was only open to Apple, um, to iPhone users and not Android. So like, yeah, we were like ripped in half. Oh my uh, gosh, I forgot while. about that. And now I'm remembering yeah, things yeah. that happened because of yeah, that. Yeah, you are welcome. <laughs> You're welcome for those memories. So firstly, that was happening. And and there was just so much generated excitement mm-hmm. around it. You know, it was still in the peak of, of COVID. So, oh my God, there's a new 
app out there. So um, I remember it just being so fresh. Um, I remember feeling nervous because, you know, like, I don't know these people and I'm just talking. And it, it honestly was, you know, we're moderating as if we're like a small group leader kind of thing. And, um, you know, our group, I don't even know how we ended up in that group, actually. I think we were, I think after one of the first two rooms, we were the, just the last six people really? in the room. Yeah, because our first two went like three hours, four <laughs> hours long. Okay, that's valid. Yeah. And I'm pretty, I, that's what I, that's how I remember it. I might be remembering incorrectly, but. I mean, I have no recollection, so. Because I was like. I was thinking about how we, because Michaela and I knew each other, mm-hmm. and we were like, okay, we oh, should yeah. start a room together. Yes. But then I don't know. I couldn't remember how, like, you came in. Charlotte came in after, and yes. then immediately fell in right in with the group. Yes. <laughs> yes. Immediately right in with the group. But Jess and you and Ailey were yes. all there in those, in that fir- in those first three rooms. Yes. I remember that. So you, yes, you're correct. You and Michaela, I remember, started several rooms. And then we, I don't know, we just all kind of just jived. Yeah. Just immediately. Well, and then. I like again, that you brought up the, the excitement because yeah. after our kind of six fell in and we started to like really share like promotions and yeah. make, and then like, Oh, because we didn't have the club when we first started. Like that right. came later when Charlotte came in. But um, I remember like sharing like flyers or something, I think. And I remember like our in the, our fourth room, I think we had like maybe 12, 15 people. Mm-hmm. And by week like six or seven, there were 40, 50 people. Oh, yeah. Mostly adoptees. Yeah joining us and i just remember each week or each, every like three days when we would have one just the just the energy yeah. that was coursing through everybody's profile pictures because you can't see everybody's actual face and <laughs> it's it just true it was it was wild i don't know it was wild like remember, and you said it was a weird time for the community or a maybe not a weird was. time but it was remember a time when nick cho oh yeah up? well that was like that wild, made me feel best. like that made me feel like this is important what we're doing, mm. even though it didn't like it wasn't. I mean, they I guess they're still throwing rooms around right now, but mm-hmm. uh, every so often. But when he joined us and for people that don't know, Nick Cho, Korean American, uh, your Korean dad on Instagram. Um, but we were in one of those. It was one of those big rooms mm-hmm. and we were just chatting. And all I remember I saw him pop up in the audience. And uh, we were, we always, we have the text chain going and I'm like, oh my God, I think that's Nick Cho. <laughs> that's your Korean dad down in the audience. I'm sweating and right now. It's Just funny because, well, we, we had a very strict rule. No non-adoptees on the stage yes. because that was, you know, we went through the trial and error of how do we make sure <laughs> that we only have adoptees, you know, we're the gatekeepers and yes. we really were gatekeeping, but, um, you know, we had some. We had some close calls. We had some misfires a couple times, but yep. um, when I say all that, because when Nick came in, you know, I asked if it would be okay if we brought him up because someone of 
his at the time prominence, um, specifically from the Asian American community, I felt like was a huge milestone for what we were doing, or it was a it was again a testament to what we were doing in that space. Hmm. That he felt the he felt even compelled for any reason to click on our thing and join mm-hmm. and listen. And then you know I we probably made him feel real awkward by bringing him up and having him <laughs> talk for for five seconds, but. You know, I, I thought it was important to see someone again of, of prominence in our community show an interest, take an interest. Yeah. Yeah. Listen. Agree, agree. That was that felt really good, um, especially because uh, you know so many of us were kind of deep diving. I think it was just kind of split. Like half of the the people were deep diving into adoption, which had you know, several had never shared their adoption story or anything adoptee related Mm. ever. Um, and, and here they were in clubhouse sharing. And then the other half was like grappling with their Asian American identity. And so it, yeah, you're right. It just felt so affirming to have him in the room because he did have, he does have such a, a big name and he does such great work and to have him come in and you're right, like just be interested in what we're talking about meant a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Still, <laughs> still wild to think about to this day, <laughs> honestly, um, even though that was like a quick six months, maybe five yeah. of doing those things. Like, we put in a lot of time. Yes. That was the thing, though. Like, we burnt ourselves out hardcore <laughs> because it was it was unsustainable. Like, the rate we were going, the amount oh, yeah. we were, uh, it was just a lot. It was it a lot. It was. It was. Um, but it was, an, again, another, like, evolution, maybe not evolution, but a, another way for us to build and facilitate community. And obviously, since 2009, but at least since after that point you've been part of trying to build community or trying to build bridges, whether it's within the adoptee community or building those bridges out from there. Um, And you've been a part of Instagram, Facebook, the different avenues of how we can build community. How have you seen that change in your time um, doing this work? And on the flip side, what hasn't changed that you wish would have? If there's anything like that that you can think of. Hmm. I think, firstly, there has been an immense boom of people on social media because of COVID. And and I think people finding the courage to share their stories for the first time. And I think that's so powerful. Um, that's something that I've seen completely shift. I mean, just in the last two years, I mean, it, there are so many accounts. There are so many people sharing. There's so many adoptees that are creating community. And I just think that's so amazing. I think it's so cool. That's something huge that I've seen. And Mm -hmm. then I think, I've seen a lot of support groups come out of it. Um, when I first got on, I, I 
hosted a weekly support group every Saturday um, for a year. And then, and it's still, you know, we occasionally get together, but um, it's, you know, I, at the time I didn't know of any other group. And so mm-hmm. I just made one. <laughs> it's a pattern in my life. Sure. Just do it. <laughs> just do it. Just make one. Um, <laughs> so anyway, it just, it, you know, those kinds of things I'm seeing more and more connection and sure. I love that. I, I love that people are feeling like one, they can be brave enough to lead something and two, um, adoptees feeling brave enough to step into community for the first time. And I think that's so brave. Um, so that's probably the biggest change I've seen and shift that I've seen in the last couple of years. And, you know, in 2009, like I, I wasn't on social media. I think what blogging was really the I thing. Think Facebook has just started to right? get popular. Yeah. Cause I got on Facebook in 2007, so... Oh, look at you. Okay, Cooper. let's just calm down. I'm just you got, old. You got invited, because I'm that's how you had to get it. Old, okay. <laughs> hey, we're not ageist on... Well, we could be ageist on this show. That's the okay. other show. <laughs> we accept it here. Um, so, yeah, so 2009 was just blogging. Um, and MySpace, really. Anyway... That shows my age. Imagine if we had MySpace right now and we were top eighting people in the community. How Dude. many schisms would there be <laughs> because of top eight drama? <laughs> oh my gosh, I want to create one right now just to do it. <laughs> wait, he doesn't have me in her top eight. Why, wait, why am I number seven? I don't get it. Oh my I am gosh. going to angry post song lyrics that represent how I feel. <laughs> that would wreck us. That would wreck us. The, the rejection. Oh, oh my gosh. Anyway, we digress. Um, so in 2009, yeah. So I've seen a lot kind of shift in that direction. Um, I know like, you know, social media has really been a part of, of the, quote unquote community, but I, what I want to see change, I actually just talked about this in a live yesterday. I think what I want is for more adoptees to feel safe and brave to connect with adoptees within their city. Mm. Um, I'm amazed at whenever I go whenever I travel and I'm able to meet other adoptees every single city I've been to there's been an adoptee that said I have never been around this many adoptees ever mm. um and I, for one I think it's really brave I keep saying brave but that's just the word of the day I think it's appropriate it just it's really brave to go to a dinner with people you don't know and have to have awkward conversation and um and i don't know i just i i think it's really brave for anyone to do that but i just wish that because i think a lot of adoptees don't go because they're so fearful of whatever it is you know like uh, the anxiety of of everything um 
So I would love to see that shift. I would love to see more adoptees connecting in person with people that live in their city that they feel connected to. It's all about connection. It is all about connection. And it's about how, yeah, I mean, I don't know what I was going to say there, but you're right. It is all about (laughs) connection, affirming that. Yes. Um, Yeah, I think that's great. I I, I would love to see that too. You know, I'm trying to do that here and honestly fell off. If anybody in our (laughs) Indiana group is listening to this, I apologize, but I have just been, I mean, I just have even more turmoil in my life this week, which honestly has become opportunity, but um, like unexpected. And now I'm just like, as I close this week out, I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to make it on Sunday. (laughs) It's just like, I keep saying I'm going to be there next week and next week and I'm just not. But luckily it seems like it's sustaining. We have new people joining. People are still going to the meeting. So I, I just, the link is just perpetually on. If anybody wanted to join, they could just join whenever. Um, but yeah, I love that. And that's a shift I would like to see as well. And I think one of the really cool things that you do is you kind of kickstart those things, those shifts <laughs> in small places. Cause you, for a while, we're trying to hit different cities and bring together adoptees and, you mm-hmm. know, have a good time. And not just adoptees who are Asian adoptees, but just like whoever, whoever yep. identifies and wants to come and is looking for that kind of community. And I think that's amazing. And you being the connector that you are know a lot of different people and are able to make those things happen. Um as we see new voices come into the scene and as we see new connections be made, whether we're making the connections or we see them just happening within our networks, who are some people that you're really enjoying currently? Like who are either they're putting out content that you resonate with or they just you're just generally like, I like your vibe and I like what you have going on. Hmm. What if I said no one? That would be okay. so terrible. No, I'm just you joking. Already, you just said it. it is, that's not getting cut out. I'm not cutting that out. You are savage. Okay. I mean, I got, I'm putting this right out, essentially. Okay, you know what? Let's just calm down, all right? I'm going I through my like Instagram right out, now. But I'm not going to cut it out. <laughs> <laughs> like, it doesn't no, surprise it is, me. It is difficult. If somebody asked me that question, I don't know if I would be able off the top of my head yeah, but say. The, the problem is that you actually told me earlier today. I did tell you. <laughs> I was going to ask you. <laughs> and this was one of them. Okay, let's just calm down. <laughs> calm down. Okay, so firstly, um, 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 Susan, um, actually, Luna. her... Her, <laughs> sorry. Take it <laughs> easy on that water. Leaving it in. <laughs> she, she is so loud. Oh my gosh. Okay, so Susan, um, her handle is snippets dot of dot Susan. Mm. She has been doing all of the emotions prompts this uh, this November, and I have been so blown away at her writing and her vulnerability and some of the stuff that she's written is just so like I can't even imagine how hard it was to write Mm. so I think and and I've um I've I've been on zoom with her too so um but she's awesome I just I'm so glad that she decided to 
to write consistently. Um, I just, and like the emotions prompts again, just very vulnerable, very heavy. And she did every day. And I was just impressed. Dang. Um, who else? Who else? Who else? Um, Alana, you know, Alana. Oh yeah. Alana hook. She, the fact that she has been writing prompts every day and reels, like that girl is killing it. Yeah. She's and reposting literally everyone's stuff. Right? Yes. I'll post something and I'll see like 10 minutes later, Alana <laughs> actually just posted your thing, or actually Alana. Yes. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Yes. Got it up immediately. Love it. Love and it. she's, she is a close friend of mine that we were able to meet in DC and, um, yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. Um, Hmm. Who am I vibing with? <laughs> good question. Man, what a good question. Um, okay. Did you say that in a mocking tone? I, I can't not, wait for people to hear this. I did not have a mocking tone. Okay. Also, Mayor Jenna. Yes. PA. Former guest of the show, Jenna yes. Um. So, Jenna... I've we've already decided that if we met in person, one, I would scream her name, and two, <laughs> we would be best friends for life. One hundred percent. I already Don't know you that. Think that? I like, truly believe it. We have the same vibe. Yep, you're vibing with the people that you have Maybe the same not. vibe with. Maybe not. She is much more joyful than I am. <laughs> I would be the grumpy cat to her joy. She's a yeah. She would be a great hype person. Right. She has. She's coming with that optimism. Yeah. Not just only has positive things to say. Right. Yeah. And honestly, and that's I think she me. wrote every day. She did. Wrote ten <laughs> slides worth. Uh, she should publish those things as a book. That should be a book. Valid. I'm like, dang. <laughs> I was like, damn. Yeah. Every but time. It was amazing. All yeah, you're right. You're right. There were multiple slides, lots of text, lots of sharing <laughs> vulnerability. Jenna, you are a rock star. You are a rock star. <laughs> the honorable rock star, Mayor Mayor Jenna Antonowitz. Maya. What? Can't speak good. <laughs> oh, also, um, Rick. Oh, I knew that was going to be. Uh, yeah. Jenna and Rick were going to be Y2. Rick, yeah, I mean, he's been killing it, too. Like, and Rick, also, I got to meet in D.C., so um, yep. that was really cool. He's got just, oh, his story is wild. And, like, I learned yeah. in Korea that every time somebody meets him and he tells part of his story, it's the most enrapturing thing. <laughs> <laughs> like, everybody is just all in. As soon as, like, he's just a great storyteller, and, I mean, not that... Yeah, I mean, yeah, his story is wild, and, you know, he's very generous in the sharing of it, and I appreciate him for that. Yep. Rick is awesome. Rick is awesome. Um, And then, lastly, I loved Kira's reel that she did with... Hate uh, is a virus. Hate is a virus, yeah. That was so good. Um, yeah just so well-spoken and so articulate and 
She's oh, great she's at it. I know. So she's, she's a voice just, actor or something. It's like she's <laughs> an actor or something. Actor. Oh my gosh. What's up, Luna? Luna literally put her you butt done? in my face. Sorry. Are you done just chugging water? <laughs> or are you drowned because of how much water you chug? Oh, you're just sleeping. Instantly asleep. <laughs> she's like her mom. You're instantly asleep after you chug water? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to say no, but... Okay. <laughs> Incredible. Yeah, yeah. Well, oh, I so, think those... Oh, go ahead. Wait, so those are the, the two people that you would choose? I was going to say Jenna and Rick were the two people who, especially coming out of Nam or just throughout November, I was really like... Just I I because you know I, we talked to them both on the John Chi show. I've talked to Jenna on this show mm-hmm. and heard a lot of each of their stories. But you know it's you you it doesn't matter how many times you kind of sit with somebody. You always can learn something new. Like I learned yeah. something new about you uh, just in this conversation, um, you did? or at least about something that happened in your past <laughs> 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 the motivations behind it. Um, hmm. But. Yeah, they were they were just two that really had stuck out to me over November and two people that I was really enjoying. Kira obviously does great work all the time. And um, I always got to shout out my girl, Marguerite J. Fellow uh, Boilermaker, also part of the Indiana Adoptee Group. Um, she also did some collaborations with Hate is a Virus. Awesome. Oh, yeah. um, but she is just somebody that I just really enjoy as a person, a super incredible person and somebody who, you know, I don't, I don't even know how to, I don't even know how to describe her, like indescribable, just a, a really great person. We're talking and, about Marguerite, right? Yes. Yeah. Marguerite is amazing. And, a, and just a great vibe. Yes. Just a great vibe. Always a great vibe. Yeah. Um, well, you know, we've been talking for almost an hour now. It doesn't feel like it, but it does. How long do your <laughs> episodes? Yeah. yeah i mean the one with laura was a little bit longer um because we just really got into the imposter syndrome stuff and then mm-hmm. jenna's was also long because we just got into the reunion stuff but also like the reason for going back to korea and obviously mm-hmm. i was getting ready to go back so we had a lot to talk about there me and you, we always talk. So, you know, these these can be really short. This could be, I'll just cut it down to 10. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> That's so I'm offensive. Kidding. I'm just, are you offended? So offended. I can tell. You yeah. just chug some water. Uh, <laughs> for the listeners, she just chugged some water and fell asleep. So, <laughs> um, I don't even remember what I was going to say. Well, who knows? Oh, yeah. You, well, you asked how long these episodes are. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, uh, generally this long. But I don't even know where I was going with this. I'm leaving <laughs> all of this in. I'm leaving all of this in so people know. Because okay. podcasts are the medium that we can say and do whatever we want if there are. And this is an actual, like, real conversation that we would have. Yeah. Even if we were not recording. If we were not recording and solely talking on the phone, yeah. very similar conversation. Yeah, yeah, Even yeah. Even down yeah. to like the questions, like <laughs> interview style questions about, oh, tell me more about that. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, very true. Um, well, I guess then with that being said, you know, moving towards the end, um, my last question is just like, what do you got 
what are you looking forward to? What are you most looking forward to as we close out 2022, getting ready to move into 2023? Obviously, we have this whole month of December ahead of us. But what's on the horizon for you? What are you going to Yeah. What are you looking forward to? Oh, boy. Um, so 2023 is really a focus on my health. And um, I really took some big steps earlier this month to really focus on that. And, you know, it always stems back to worthiness. And, um, and I've talked about it so much, but just being able to take care of myself is such a, it's such a task, you know, and it's exhausting. And And so like putting it at the forefront is really hard for me, but it's something that is necessary. And um, so 2023, I'm really looking forward to making decisions that are beneficial for my health Mm. and resting still. Um, You know, it's, it's interesting, like therapy, it's, like my therapist asked me, you know, what do you want to work on? Or do you want to focus on this? And I'm like, we still need to, we still need to address the daily stuff that I go through. Like, (laughs) yes, I want to go back into the trauma and, you know, let's, let's talk about that. But I'm still in crisis mode. Sure. And, um, you know, just being able to not be in crisis mode. Just being able to say, okay, I'm, I am okay. I have the capacity and it's not, if something comes up, it's not going to send me in this crisis or survival mode. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's really a goal of mine is, is to really be able to manage stress and anxiety and really like depression used to always be the main piece of how I felt throughout the year. Um, but recently anxiety has really been kind of the culprit for the last couple of years. Um, and it's just, it's felt like it's gotten worse. So just being able to manage that and, and still not have to go into this survival. Um, so just really, you know, putting to practice, a lot of things that I've been taught for years and just never really applied. Mm. Um, and, and really just being able to focus on myself and not feeling guilty about it. Yep. You know? Um, so like adoptee stuff, I don't know. I don't know what that looks like. And, um, I will say that I, I still have a sign up for the sessions cause I'm sure mm. that I will do them again. Um, and there's like nine people that have already signed up. So that's cool. Um, but other than that, I don't really have too much planned except to just focus on myself. I love it. I think you got to be able to focus on yourself and you got to be able to get yourself where you need to be before you can really focus on anybody else and truly give to them what you want to be able to give. Because if you're not giving to yourself, um, and making sure that you're ship is righted then you know it's just going to be 
bumpy weather, bumpy, bumpy waves. I don't know where I'm going with this metaphor, <laughs> but <laughs> I liked but it. I liked that was it. me being deep. Um, <laughs> so if people were to try and sign up for uh, one of these sessions or just to connect with you, if you want them to, how can they get a hold of you? Where can they find you at? Yeah. So my handle is Katie the CAD, K A D at the end. It stands for Korean adoptee, by the way. Um, Katie the CAD, I'm kind of, I have that handle for everything. Um, so I have a Facebook page, I have Instagram, I do have a Twitter, even though I never use it. Um, I do have a website. But yeah. I'm trying to think of what it is. Is it, I think it's katiethecad.com. Um, is that I'll link, it, I'll link it in the show notes. Is it lame that I can't even remember my own website? No. Um, oh, it's definitely you. <laughs> that's definitely, I mean, that's definitely it. Definitely, definitely my definitely giant you. head on the website. That is, that is your head <laughs> on the website. Well, excellent. Um, <laughs> and then if you want to sign up for those sessions, uh, or for a session, I do have a link tree link in my bio on Instagram and you can sign up through there. Perfect. Go to Katie, the cad, one of the most iconic handles <laughs> in the Say Instagram. It one more time. <laughs> one more time, Patrick. Being serious. I'm just being serious. <laughs> um, well, Katie, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you here on the show. Uh, I knew you're, I was, I knew you're going to be one of the first five guests. Wasn't sure where you'd land, but Dang. thank you for saying yes to being number three. Um, probably going to have you back soon if we can get the group together. Would love okay. to do that on an episode. But uh, to everybody out there listening, really, really appreciate it. Um, continuing on, if you're reading my newsletter or if you've read my newsletter, you know that I dropped some big news there. So uh, would appreciate or I wouldn't appreciate I mean, just uh, I appreciate that if you've read it and uh, whatever has come of that. So um, if you want to listen to this show, obviously you can find it where you're finding it right now. Um, but I don't have any handles or anything like that set up for this yet. So just do everything where you find all of my stuff at Patrick in the world, um, on basically everything, Patrick in the world dot me for my website, buymeacoffee.com backslash Patrick N T H world, which is Patrick nth world. Um, because that was the only, that was the amount of characters I could put on that, uh, customized URL. So if you want to support the work that I'm doing here on this podcast and the newsletter or any of my other shows or anything else that I've been doing, that would I would greatly appreciate any number of coffees. If it's just one, that's great because I love coffee. So, Katie, again, thank you so much. Luna, thank you for making a cameo, multiple cameos uh, audio-wise. <laughs> Thanks for chugging water and falling asleep. Um, I think I might go ahead and do the same. So... Without further ado, until in two weeks, I guess, I will see you then. Bye.